Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, big day for the deep state, police state, big government, socialist Democrats who have their primary today. Well, primary for both parties, but you get the hint uh, where they will pick. Uh, New Hampshire likes to pride itself on picking presidents. They will pick one of their socialists um, to run against Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a stack show today. New rules are in effect. I'm going to start off with that. You know the new rules for you regular listeners. The new rules are this. I should call it the new rule, actually. We yeah. win, you lose. Cutesy time is done. Uh, we're done with cutesy time, okay? Rompa room time, uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood time. That's all done. Um, it's time for hardcore politics. And President Trump made uh, two bold moves yesterday. I want to get into that. Big Spygate updates. A lot to talk about today. Also, a, v- a video from Virginia about gun confiscation that Woo! should frighten everyone. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I know you're already overwhelmed. You're like, all that in one show? Oh, yeah. Yes, we do. One show today we win we yeah, win we do. We, and that's joe saying lose. everything you need to yeah. know in an hour right all right yeah. let's get right to it today's show brought to you by buddies at quip ladies and gentlemen quip is the maker of the finest electric toothbrush out there and they want you to know that one single discovery matters most for your dental care and frankly for your health care as well this, this is one of those things that's come out in the last few years the healthier your teeth in your mouth Joe, you know this, right? Every, the healthier your mouth, the healthier your whole body is tied to the healthier your mouth. It's as simple as that. If you have good health care habits, good teeth, uh, good dental care habits, you will be good. It means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip, Q-U-I-P makes that simple. Paula, how much you love your Quip toothbrush? I've been telling you how much I love mine. I, I, I'm wearing you guys out. I love it so much. It's an electric toothbrush. It comes with refillable floss and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide to a full and even clean. The Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Don't waste anymore. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads. I just changed mine with the battery it comes with, too, which is great. Floss and toothpaste refills right to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25. Stop wasting your time with second-rate toothbrushes. If you go to getquip.com slash Dan right now, you get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Dan, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Dan, getquip.com. Quip, the good habits company. It's like a power washing for your mouth. I love my Quip toothbrush. All right, let's go. And they're off. Dude, you got it. You got to be a little more itchy on that trigger finger. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're going to have to give you a practice round on that trigger. You've been been tight. It was a little half a second delay there. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Me and you are getting old. That right hand, that right cross isn't working as well as it used to anymore for the belt. (laughs) All right, let me get to this. So, two big uh, swamp draining new rules moves by President Trump yesterday. Uh, And, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who missed, my initial new rules episode. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. The new rules are this. When the Democrats want to go back to playing cutesy and they want this, oh, let's get back to civility and all that. Civility. Oh, I, uh, you're the same people accusing us of being racist, transophobes, homophobes, misogophobes, phobophobic, istophobic, phobophobes, um, Russian agents, traitors to the country, colluders with foreign <laughs> governments. You're impeaching the president. Yeah. I'm not interested any longer. Hard pass on Democrat or media speeches about civility. Here is the double barreled. Of course, because it's family friendly, I will not go where I want to go with it. But you're getting the double barreled middle finger. I'm not interested at all. Take your conversations about civility, package them in a ball and ram them in the garbage disposal. It's not what I was going to say, but you get the point. Got the idea. I don't care. I'm not interested. Neither is anyone in my audience either. When you lunatics in the media and on the left want to go back to stop calling us Russian colluders, traitors, treasonous, racist, misogynist, you get the whole lineup of idiocies. When you want to do that, I will go back to engaging in civil conversations with you. But I refuse to engage in a, a civil conversation with a lunatic. We will defeat you. End the story. Two moves yesterday. Move number one, Washington Examiner. Be up in the show notes. Please check out the show notes. Always at Bongino.com. They are the articles attached to the show every day that are worth reading. Our good friend Paul Bedard at the Washington Examiner. Bigger than Vindman, Trump scrubs 70 Obama holdovers from the National Security Council. Nice. <laughs> 
Nice. Nice. The National Security Council, which has become a bloated bureaucracy in and of itself, who the purpose of the National Security Council was supposed to be to engage with the president on national security matters to give him advice. The real purpose of the National Security Council and the Trump administration in La Resistance <laughs> has been to leak to the media false and damaging information about the president of the United States for the purposes of removing him from office. That's the sole purpose. Not all. There are very good people on National Security Council. Unfortunately, there is a small cabal of anti-Trump idiots whose sole purpose has been to abuse their access to the president, to leak to the media and other members of Congress, to work against the president, to have him impeached. Some members, Abigail Grace and Sean Misko, not that we're naming names or anything, have actually left the National Security Council to go work for Adam Schiff, and it is suspected they may have played a role in this whole impeachment fiasco. You know, where Adam Schiff and his team coordinated with the whistleblower to make up fake charges. So President Trump says, all right, so now uh, I've been acquitted for life, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much. The verdict is in, acquitted for life, which is great. We love that. President Trump gets acquitted, says, ah, me look at that National Security Council roster again. He's got the roster there. He's like, ah, Joey Bag of Donuts, yeah, you're gone. Tommy Bag of Donuts, you're gone. Cousin Maria Bag of Donuts, you're gone too. Nice work. By the way, for those of you wondering this, again, keep on deep state. And thank you for the bumper sticker from bumper sticker guy or gal. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing track. There's so much stuff comes out. I'm really, my apologies. Great. We love it. You're all gone. Bye. See ya. Wouldn't want See to that be door? Young. Yeah. See- yeah, wouldn't my have you see that door? Your caboose, don't let it hit your caboose when you walk out. Oh. Now, why is this important, folks? On a serious note, I've warned you about this repeatedly. Don't fall into the trap of of getting apathetic. And what I mean by that is I get a lot of this via email, tweet, Facebook, social media. I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired of this. Right. People aren't in handcuffs fast enough. Swamp is still attacking President Trump. Listen, I get it. I yeah. understand. I can't reach my chest because of my bad elbows. Pretend I'm reaching my chest. Do the ah, do the magic of television. <laughs> there, I'm forcing that. Much love. I get it. I understand your frustration. I'm not being silly or sarcastic. I mean it. I'm with you. I understand your frustration. But, B-U-T, caveat here. The president is dealing with a massive onslaught of deep state parasites eager to destroy this man and get him out of office. They are coming from everywhere. They came from the upper management of the FBI, the intelligence community. Every single branch of government has some fake Twitter account out there trying to attack the president. He is trying to take on 65 different battlefronts at the same time. What I'm trying to get at, folks, is I'm begging you, I'm imploring you, please be patient. It's happening. It's happening slowly, not to my satisfaction. I'm with you on that front. I'm with you. We have cleaned out the entire upper ranks of the FBI, not to my satisfaction. I think Ray is terrible, Christopher Ray, running it now, and I'll get to that in a little bit too. But this was always going to happen slowly. There is an election around the corner. We need at a minimum four more years. Candidly, folks, obviously only four more years for the president. He can only run two terms. But Don Jr. or some reformer after that, we may need eight more years. We may need 16 more years to totally clean out this fetid mess. But it started. President Trump just dumped 70 people from this, this, this morass of leaks to the media, the NSC. Secondly, piece up by the uh, excellent Amber Athey, who congratulations on your move over to The Spectator from The Daily Caller. You know we enjoy your work over there. Featured a lot at BonginoReport.com. Interesting piece last night. Uh, Trump steals the Dem spotlight at New Hampshire rally. <laughs> this is Amber Athey, Spectator. Again, be up at the show notes. If you want us to email you the show notes every day, Bongino.com slash newsletter. We will send you the show notes every day. I love this. That's I love cool. this. The media, Joe, is That's losing so their minds. Cool. These are like, hey, in the past, here we go again, Joe, when we were more civil with each other, oh, coming from the media lunatics, including us, uh, uh, accusing us all of being uh, traitors working with Vladimir Putin to undermine the United States, that <laughs> media. In the past, 
this was considered verboten, Joe. You didn't do this. <laughs> you didn't show up and try to steal the spotlight as an incumbent president. You allowed the party their time in the sun. You know what? Again, it's creeping there. The, yeah. It's... Ugh. You don't get to say that. We don't care. We're not interested in your lectures about civility. Take it, package it in a little ball, ram it down the trash compactor. We don't care. Do you hear me? Listen up. Cotton out of your ears, insert in mouth. We don't care. We are solely committed to defeating you. We're not listening to your lectures. When, when you want to go back to civility and stop the phobophobic, fistophobic, Russian colluder traitor nonsense, yes, we will come down at the table and roast marshmallows together outside in the campfire. Fine. Until then, take it right down the trash compactor known as your rear end because we don't care. We will show up everywhere you are, hold massive rallies with the president, and humiliate you and steal the local media spotlight because now the new rules are in effect. You want the old rules? Robert's rule of order? Rules of order? Fine. Fine. Cut the crap. When you cut the crap, we'll go back to it. Until then, you will be defeated. Because that's what we're going to do. All right, before I rock and roll with this, I appreciate your patience today. I've got a really stacked show. We have a lot of great sponsors who want to be here. Tuesday's always a loaded day for us, so I really appreciate your patience. Today's show also brought to you by our friends and my Patriot Supply. Ladies and gentlemen, you ensure everything in your life that matters, right? You ensure your, your, uh, your health. You ensure your home. You ensure your car. Things that are expensive require you a lot of assets. That's so right. why would you not ensure your food supply? We do that. In my house, we use My Patriot Supply because when emergencies strike, you never see them coming. All you're going to see is long lines and empty store shelves at the supermarket. God forbid we have a major emergency. Don't be a part of that chaos. It makes no sense. Use my friends at My Patriot Supply. Plan ahead and build an emergency food supply today. Don't wait. They're experts in emergency preparedness. They've helped over a million Americans prepare over the last decade. This week, you'll get a special save $70 off on a two-week emergency food kit when you go to the special website, preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com, preparewithdan.com. My Patriot Supply food kits last up to 25 years in storage. The food's good. Includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order a few today. Don't wait. Ensure what matters, your food supply. My Patriot Supply ships it fast and discreetly right to your door. Take action so you're ready for what's coming and save $70. Go today to preparewithdan.com and ensure your food supply. Preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Don't wait. Go today. All right. Getting back to this. This is going to require a little bit of effort. So the fantastic, stellar John Radcliffe who we love, representative from Texas, who should have been the director of national intelligence, but the left and the media panicked on it because they knew he understands the whole Spygate case and was going to get to the bottom of their role in the whole thing. Right. So John Radcliffe had um, King of the Swamp now, Christopher Ray, our current FBI director, who is just, um, I cannot, listen, I don't know the man personally. Sure, he's a nice guy. I don't really care. I'm sure he doesn't like me either, whatever. I don't like what he's doing. That's fine. We will never see eye to eye. But Christopher Ray went up to Capitol Hill to testify. This was last week. And with everything going on, somehow all of this got lost because we had it just and the news week last week was so overwhelming. It wasn't even like drinking from a fire hose. It was like trying to drink a tsunami as it was coming ashore. So this got lost completely. Here is Johnny Radcliffe, fantastic representative from Texas, questioning Christopher Ray, FBI director. And getting him now to finally admit, although Ray does it in only that Christopher Ray way where he answers the question in a way to never give anyone a talking point. In other words, simple yeah. yes or no questions. He gives yeah. circuitous answers so he can never be used on the news. But don't worry, I'll translate for Ray what he's really saying in his efforts to cover for the swamp. Here's Christopher Ray answering a question about spying and frauds on the FISA court. And Ratcliffe pins him down. This is a great job. Check this out. This was illegal surveillance with respect to at least several of these FISA applications because there was not probable cause or proper predication, correct? Right. To the point of one of my Democratic colleagues that there was no fraud on the court, illegal surveillance and changing evidence to conduct illegal surveillance is the very definition of fraud on the court, is it not? It describes conduct that's utterly unacceptable. You see what he... 
folks, you have to. I always try to say this to Nana because I never want to sound like in that condescending way right. some hosts do, which I hate. Like, I know something you don't know. But you're busy. You you know, you all work for a living. I had the greatest job in the world. I love my job. This is what I do. I get to sit here all day and analyze the political climate of the day. It's my 15th different career, whatever, but I still love it. <laughs> when you do this all day, you learn to sift through the DCBS and find out what he's doing. What did Ray do there? Ray has asked a very simple question by John Ratcliffe. He's asked a question. Okay, now that we know, it's been reported weeks ago, categorically, that the FISA court has declared the warrants to spy on the Trump team, follow me, invalid. Two of the four. There were four warrants, one original FISA warrant to spy on the Trump team, and three renewals. The FISA court came out. You may have missed it a couple of weeks ago. Some of you listening to the show didn't. The FISA court has now come out and said two of those warrants are completely invalid. In other words, they spied on Carter Page illegally through two of those words. You may say, what about the other two? The other two were still under review. And I can almost guarantee you those are going to be deemed invalid as well. Meaning the whole case was invalid. So Radcliffe pins them down and says, now that we know these are invalid, can we acknowledge finally that the team was, was spied on and that they were spied on illegally? And instead of Ray just simply answering the question, Yes, sir. This was illegal surveillance. Why did he do it the way he did it? Because he knows that everything in politics is what? I've said this to you over and over for five years now. We've been doing this show, maybe more. Politics and media coverage of politics is what? Sound bites and snapshots. That's all it is. Christopher Ray, who's a politician first and FBI director second, understands that there is a soundbite in that. And he doesn't want to give the media the soundbite. So he knows if he answers in a circuitous manner, it describes behavior that is utterly unacceptable, that if that soundbite is used, that soundbite is not powerful in the media because he could be talking about anything. I'm sorry if I'm, I'm really trying no. desperately not to confuse you. This is important. Ray understands that if it's forced to be broadcast on ABC, NBC, MSNBC, and CNN, because he knows Fox will cover it because they do actual news. But he understands that the non-news channels, if they're forced to cover this and the soundbite from that hearing is, will you finally acknowledge that the team was spied on illegally? And he says, yes, they were spied on illegally. Forget it. That's that even Americans who don't understand Spygate, liberals who don't want to understand Spygate and others who just don't even care are going to be like, holy Moses, he was spied on. Really? The FBI director just admitted it? he did admit it, but he admits it in such a circuitous way that the soundbite becomes useless. Right. And that's exactly what Ray did. Ray understands what Ratcliffe is doing. He's trying to get the FBI to admit what everybody in America already knows. They illegally, through invalid warrants, spied on the Trump team. Period. Full stop. Everybody knows it. But instead of just saying it, he gives this D.C. swamp answer in a way that none of the media outlets out there will cover it. It's not going to give up the money cut, man. No. Yes, the money cut. Right. Good way to describe it. Keep the rate, take a note in the future. Yes. Sound bites and snapshots and pictures. You know, quick story here. I've told you mm. a story before. I'll never forget doing a presidential advance for President Bush, being on the team. And President Bush, who had a, a history in his way back past with alcohol, it's not something I'm giving up. It's out there in the public right. realm. He's yeah. talked about it repeatedly. He gave it up. He doesn't drink anymore. And, you know, I'm proud of him for doing that. I wasn't a big fan of President Bush's. Politics, but you understand personally, he was a very nice guy and uh, he was a believer. But we were at an event one time and they, we were in this event and they had a, a bar in the background. It was like a bar restaurant. It wasn't like a bar bar, but they would not take a picture on that side of the room, no matter mm-hmm. what, because they didn't want alcohol in the background of the president. They, th- that was it. Why? Mm-hmm. Wait, not because the president was going to drink it. Honestly, folks, candidly speaking, no one would even notice that in the picture. But because politics is sound bites and snapshots, people are always prophylactically getting ahead of stuff. And they didn't even want the perception that he was associated with alcohol. I'm not kidding. They made him take a picture on the other side of the room. I will never forget that. Sound bites and snapshots. Ray is a politician, not the FBI director. And that's how he's acting with that circuitous BS answer. 
garbage. Now, why is this important? Because, folks, this case is getting ugly. Um, again, I, I you know, we'll, 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 you see what's happening here. We'll cover impeachment, then we go back to Ukraine and Biden, then the New Hampshire primary. There's so much going on. But we keep coming back to Spygate and all this stuff because it's all tied together. And as the Horowitz report is sifted through, you're seeing excellent writers and researchers like Margot Cleveland and Catherine Herridge, who we'll, we'll cite today, Margot Cleveland at The Federalist, whose work is spectacular, picking out more nuggets in the Horowitz report that got lost again because the report was so long in detail, people were missing some of this stuff. Here's a piece in The Federalist that I can't encourage you in strong enough terms here. It's a little lengthy, but gosh, it's worth your time. Again, at the show notes, if you subscribe to our newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter, just subscribe. We'll email you these articles every day. We don't, we're not going to spam your inbox. The article's titled, Senators, IG FISA abuse report misled the public about crossfire hurricane. Margo Cleveland, February 10th, 2020. Excellent, excellent piece. Talking about how Horowitz's report and how the media sound bites and snapshots of what was in the Horowitz report are not accurate. The media reports. There was no political spying. There was no spying. That's not what the report says. So she picks out, I'm going to go through four or five specific points in here, huge inconsistencies in the report, with, which uh, in, the, in the IG report, big inconsistencies, which comport with the story I've told you in my two books on this topic, Spygate and Exonerated, both of which I strongly encourage you to pick up. They're very detailed background stories, extensively footnoted about what really happened here. Let's go to takeaway number one, because this is just, again, <laughs> staggering. It's about a redacted footnote in Michael Horowitz's report in the Spygate thing, footnote 302 where they describe in this piece, it's, it's long, that Michael Horowitz's explanation is that one of the people they were using, person one, and I'm, I know who this person is, but in the interests of, we have, you know, we, we're sure we have to be careful for legal reasons and otherwise, and, but I know who person one is. So in this footnote, in the our Horowitz report, describing the whole Spygate debacle, they describe this person one, who was basically a source for Christopher Steele. She says, quote, but hidden from the public, though, were details connected to the counterintelligence investigation. Listen to this. Into person one. Oh. Who was described elsewhere in the IG report as a key subsource to steal. Folks, folks, folks. Wait, wait, time out. As again, a former federal agent. I don't say that to impress you. I just say that because I know what's going on here. You're now telling me that one of Christopher Steele, Subster, the guy who wrote the dossier used to spy on Trump with input from others, I'm sure. That one of his sources, this guy, person one, was also under an FBI investigation himself and that wasn't told to the court. Now, you may say, <laughs> well, what's the big takeaway from it? What are you trying to tell us, Dan, that them not telling the court about person one being under investigation by the FBI was bad. Yeah, that was bad. But I think something is being missed here, not by Margo. I think she's onto it. It doesn't actually go into it. Be, but I kind of cover this in my books a bit. Ladies and gentlemen, when you get information from a source, it's not supposed to be a two-way street. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> All right. In other words, yeah. If I think Joe is involved in a conspiracy to rob a bank and mm. a source comes and tell me, tells me that, if I then open up an investigation into that source and start feeding him information backwards so that he can self-correct his information, right? then how do I know what the source is telling me is true or if what the source is telling me is only coming from the information I'm giving him back? In other words... Source comes to me and says, hey, I know Joe was scoping out this bank on August 1st, 2016. I open up an investigation into this, this source, right? Do that investigation. I find out various things. And I find out that on August 1st, 2016, through that investigation, that Joe was, in fact, in California, nowhere near the bank in Maryland where Joe lives. Yeah. I then feed back to the source. Hey, hey uh, you know, I think that information about August 1st may be wrong. Joe was in California. He then comes back the next day. Hey, I got new information. 
On August 1st, Joe was going to rob a bank in California. You just told us it was in Maryland. No, no. New information. This guy's got to be reliable, Joe. <laughs> He's got to be. He knows he was in California. <laughs> and he corrected his... Corrected as if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a two way street. You get if you what have you a credible hear. source yeah. with, yeah, yeah, yes. If you have a credible source with credible information, why do you need to fact check the information and correct him so that he can correct his new information? Bingo. So if person one, which is one of Steele's sources, who's feeding information to Steele that apparently wound up in one of the dossier reports, Report 80 and others. But the FBI is also investigating this person one. My question to you is this. Why did they hide that from the court, number one? And number two, were they the ones that may have played a role in connecting Steele to mm. person one? Or even worse, mm. Did Steele connect person one to the FBI? Hey, I need a fact check on this guy. <laughs> That's not in that beat. But again, if you read my book, Spygate and Exonerated, you'll see that we address this two-way street topic, especially in Exonerated, often. Steele seems to have an open channel to the FBI and elsewhere where he can vet his sources. He can check information. That's not the way this is supposed to work. Why would you need to check? If you're, if you're a credible source, why do you need to check information with the FBI that's correcting for you? It's like having the answers to a test. Steele seems to have access to Kathleen Kavalek at the State Department, who does a lot of checking for him. Fascinating. It gets better. So again, the takeaway from that, it's not supposed to be a two-way street. Was Steele giving answers to the test? And did Steele's person one, who was his source, was he the subject of an FBI investigation because he connected him to the Bureau or did the FBI connect him to Steele? What's the network here? A lot of open questions. Let's go to takeaway number two. This is important. We have been told repeatedly and Christopher Ray still unbelievably will not come clean on this. We have been told repeatedly that the dossier from Christopher Steele paid for by Hillary Clinton was not what initiated the investigation into the Trump campaign. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason is obvious why they're saying this. They will have to then admit on the record that a political candidate, Hillary Clinton, from the opposite party of her opponent, Donald Trump, Paid to hijack the justice system. Paid a political operative to give information to the FBI to prosecute her opponent. It's as simple as that. Everybody gets that, right? The FBI mm -hmm. still to this day will not acknowledge that clearly it was Steele's paid for information. The dossier, in other words, Steele's information wasn't only in the dossier. It was in the interviews he did with the Justice Department and the State Department. Don't get confused by that. Brennan uses that trick all the time. I didn't see the dossier. It's not about the dossier. When did you talk to Steele? Because Steele was paid for by Hillary Clinton. That's the question. They keep telling us magically that it was not the dossier that started this. It was this tip from Australia that they got in uh, July mm. about a meeting with this Australian diplomat downer who met with Papadopoulos, where Papadopoulos opened his mouth about this Russian email thing. They keep telling us that story. And they say, that's why we opened up the case on July 31st. Well, this is crazy because Margot Cleveland found some, dug some other tidbits out there. And again, we debunked this a long time ago, yeah. but it is worth repeating through this excellent piece she put together. Check this out. Here's takeaway number two from Cleveland's piece. Here's another piece, a little tidbit here. Apparently, the New York field office that launched the investigation into person one we just talked about raised more questions about predication. In other words, how this case started. I can't be. I thought the FBI said it because of the tip. Because the IG report noted that it had reviewed notes taken by an ASAC, a supervisor in the New York field office, of a July 13th... Wait, 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 wait. July 13th. A July 13th phone call. That can't be, Joe, because the case didn't open until July 31st when the Australians 
notified us through our people about this tip about Papadopoulos. That's July right. 13th is before July 31st. This is crazy. So this ASAC in New York had taken notes about a, a FBI ASAC about a July 13th call they had with Steele's handling agent about the same report, Report 80, where Person 1 is cited. The handling agent for Steele, their supervisor referred to as the LEGAT, stands for legal attache, in the IG report, had approved passing on that information to the New York field office. Significantly, person one, who the FBI is investigating, what I believe is a two-way street, had compiled Report 80, and that call came before the July 31st, 2016 launch of the Trump investigation crossfire Ooh. hurricane. How is that? How is that possible? Math, chronology, calendars. I was told by the FBI, who still stick it to the script to this day, Ray and others, that the case started because the Australians warned us about Papadopoulos and it happened on July 31st. Wow, that's bizarre because the spies you were using, Stefan Halper, reached out way before July 31st to people on the Trump team. And now we find out on July 13th. So you take 31st and you flip the script. You <laughs> flip you, you flip you for real. Uh, for those of you... <laughs> <laughs> Some of you caught that. We'll flip you. We'll flip you for you flip it around and you get July 13th, which is before July 31st. And apparently handling agents who are handling Christopher Steele are already passing on information about person one who cited in the dossier, specifically report 80. Hmm. 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 Weird. And again, by weird, we mean not weird if you're a regular listener to the yeah. show, because you already know this story is a flaming pile of what comes out of the rear end of a dog and rhymes with hit. It's all garbage. Of course, Steele started this thing. Of course. What kind of moron believes otherwise? Well, well, that Saliza over at CNN, because he's just really generally not a bright guy anyway. But he keeps promoting this. It wasn't the dossier. It was the Australia tip. Really? What's the FBI doing on the phone talking about Steele to his handling agent on July 13th? Uh, the suggestions, anything, Chris, with your vast experience in law enforcement? Knucklehead. I want to get to the excellent reporting of Catherine Harridge, too, in a minute. Again, Stack Show, I appreciate your patience today. Um, this is another one showing you that story is total garbage. This is all coming out, folks. Oh, this is going to get really ugly when the dorm report comes out. All right, today's show, uh, rocking the t-shirt today. Brought to you by our buddies at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the market for the finest rifles out there, BravoCompanyMFG.com. Bravo Company MFG.com is a place to go. Listen, Bravo Company is not a sporting rifle company. I know you're not supposed to tell people what a company isn't, but they do not make or manufacture sporting rifles. They make life saving equipment they make the finest life-saving rifles out there this is not a sporting arms company they design engineer and manufacture the finest life-saving rifles out there because they assume when a rifle leaves their shop at bcm sadly it may be used in a life or death situation god forbid by a responsible citizen law enforcement officer or a soldier overseas but they understand that quality functionality matters when that critical time god forbid arrives Quality is all that matters to them. Every component of a BCM rifle is hand-assembled and tested by Americans in Heartland, Wisconsin to a life-saving standard. Again, you want hunting rifles? That's fine. That's not BCM. BCM makes life-saving equipment and the finest ones out there. I can't vouch for them strongly enough. I have a couple of these. They are the finest precision rifles out there. They function for me every time, accurate, on target. They put people before their products. I love their rifles. They know making reliable, life-saving equipment is, is the story, but they also work with leading instructors of marksmanship for American Special Forces community. And if you want to see some of their videos, go to youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. If you are in the market for the finest life-saving rifles out there, go to Bravo Company Manufacturing. Head over to Bravo Company M, as in Mary, F as in Frank, G.com, where you can discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. I can't recommend this company highly enough. I love their T-shirts. I'm wearing one now. That's Bravo Company MFG.com. Check out their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. I'm telling you, I have fired these things repeatedly. I have two of them. They are my go-tos. Bravo Company MFG.com. Okay. So on takeaway number two here, and showing you again that this story that they continue, Swampy Chris Ray and others, 
in the Bureau continue to stick to, despite all evidence that it is colossal BS, that the dossier and Steele had nothing to do with it. It was a friendly foreign government that passes a tip. Here's the fantastic Catherine Harridge. I can't recommend you follow her. Now, formerly Fox, she's at CBS now. It's H-E-R-R-I-D-G-E is her last name. You can find her on Twitter. This is from her Twitter account. She has been extensively going through the Harwitz report for weeks and taking notes. These are her handwritten notes uh, from a photo she took. Look at this. Look at this gem. And notice how she has July 5th down there. July 5th. July 5th, Joe, just checking. Again, yeah. fact check time. July 5th is before July 31st, right? I'm just checking oh, where the absolutely. FBI said they opened up the case. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Joe always has the audience referee coming through in the clutch. So, yeah. From the IG report, again, underlined notes by Catherine Harris, but this is directly from the IG report. Shortly before the 4th of, uh, the 4th of July, 2016, the 4th of July, July 4th, definitely before July 31st. Again, just checking. Handling Agent 1 handler of Christopher Steele, that is, told the inspector general that he received a call from Steele requesting an in-person meeting as soon as possible. The agent said he departed his duty station in Europe on July 5th. Wow. Wow. Looney Tunes, July 5th. I thought it didn't happen on July 31st and met with Steele in Steele's office that day. During the meeting, Steele provided handling agent one with a copy of report 80. Report 80? The same report 80 citing person one who's also under investigation in the FBI, which could be a two-way street scenario, giving him the answers to the test. Whew, man. And explained that he had been hired by Fusion GPS to collect information via the relationship between candidate Trump's businesses in Russia. Handling agent one said Steele had become concerned about the possibility of Russians compromising <laughs> Trump. <laughs> you know, again, to the Salizas, the Stelters, the Chuck Todds of the world, I may have to, you know, my ranking system, the dumbest guy in media, Stelter, uh -oh. number two, Chuck Todd. It's always tight, yeah. but he hasn't passed Stelter yet. I think we have to go with Saliza number three, because Saliza a long time ago aggravated me because he pretends to be a smart guy sticking to this ridiculous story, despite any evidence that the dossier and the steel information had nothing to do with it. Just read the report. What do you think they were doing on July 5th before the alleged friendly foreign government tip comes in on July 31st around there? What do you think they were doing? Having tea and crumpets? Talking about new recipes for ice? What do you think they were doing? Playing tiddlywinks? Building Lego homes? Competing in a sandcastle tournament in the Keys? What do you think they were talking about, you numbnuts? They just laid out right there. They were talking about Steele promoting the Russian collusion hoax to the FBI. It's right there. <sighs> it goes on. Margo Cleveland's but I'm telling you, it's worth reading. Please read it. FBI documents reflect that another of Steele's subsources who reviewed the election reporting told the FBI in August that whatever information the Steele reports, it was attributable to him or her, had been exaggerated and that he or she did not recognize anything as originating specifically from him or her. This gets good. Who is that other subsource? So now we're talking about someone separate from the Infamous person one. And we all know who it is, too, by the way. And he knows it's him, too. This is a different person. So apparently here, Steele's getting, or Steele is getting information from a subsource who follow me here, is either giving him the information directly or is giving it to him through another third party. Oh. So I'm getting information from a source I'm giving to the FBI, or yeah. I'm getting information from a source who says they're getting it from someone else. Who is this guy? Who is this other subsource who, by the way, is saying, that's not, that's not me. Kind of a problem, right? When you say, like, this is my subsource, and the subsource says, that's not my stuff. In some limited circles, again, we'd call that an issue, a problem, and a <laughs> yeah. clue that you got some that we got we got a problem here. Houston, we got a malfunction, man. <laughs> I hear REO. In some small circle. <laughs> yeah. It goes now. I, I go, yeah. can, can we go back to that? Wow. All right. 
Quote, Margot Cleveland, those facts suggest the footnote concerns who is the source? Russian Vyacheslav Chubnikov, who if you listen to the show, you know exactly who that is. The former head of the Russian intelligence service, the SVR. So just to be clear, Steele already identified Trubnikov as a source in his interview with Kathleen Kavalek from the State Department. Again, was that a two-way street too? Was that an interview or was that an exchange of information? We know Steele's talking to the FBI. We know he's talking to the State Department. In his interview with the State Department, he tells them in no uncertain terms that one of his sources is Trubnikov. How do we know that? Because the lady at the State Department interviewing Steele Kavalek takes a note and she mm-hmm. writes, sources, Trubnikov. It's on a notepad. You're telling me a foreigner then, paid for by the Clintons, is getting information from a Russian intelligence service head to impact our election that was then fed to the FBI, was all lies, and an invalid warrant to spy on a presidential candidate. Sounds like collusion or something, you know? Nah, come on, Joe. Stop with the nonsense. Collusion. That only applies to Republicans. Come on, oh, guy. Get with the program. Right. I'm sorry. I'm collusion sorry, can't dude. possibly happen with Democrats. I know. Self-correct. Yeah. Autocorrect. Yeah. Of course it's collusion. <laughs> the Democrats always accuse you of what they do themselves. Yeah. There's only two possible scenarios here. That their source, Steele, that the FBI based their case on, is lying. Because remember with that footnote, the footnote's important. I put that up for a reason. Trubnikov, who is a Russian intel officer and a high-ranking one, is saying to the FBI, if that's him, that subsource, I, that's not me. I didn't give him this information. So then Steele's totally discredited. The FBI spied on Trump with totally discredited information from a discredited source. Or the alternative, which is even worse, that Trubnikov's not discredited, that Trubnikov is a Russian intelligence head is feeding Steele information, oh. and it was used to spy on a campaign on invalid warrants. There is no option C, folks. Now, why is this bad? And why does Trubnikov constantly come up as a, as a subject here? This Russian intelligence head as a source for Steele. Because we know at this point, there is a nexus between Halper, the spy working on the Trump team, who's working with the FBI, and Trubnikov. Halper works with Trubnikov. They know each other. They go way back. Halper is a known spy Spying for the FBI on the Trump team. That is now a fact. Everybody knows it. So if Trubnikov was a source for Steele, were we paying Halper with our taxpayer dollars? Paying a spy to spy on the Trump team who may have been using a Russian intelligence officer as a source? Let's go to this next takeaway because this gets, (laughs) just thought it couldn't get any worse. It does. Check this out. So from Margot Cleveland's piece here, we find out from Margot Cleveland. Yeah, we go. Hey, nice. Quick on that trigger finger. Also intriguing is that shortly before uh, uh, AG Barr sent a letter requesting declassification of the footnotes we've been talking about, Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican, released, released another letter to Jim Baker, the director of the Office of Net Assessments for the Department of Defense. Listen, now you're, I know all your antenna office of net assessments at the Pentagon. What does this have to do with anything? In that letter, which is, which ostensibly concerned fiscal oversight, Senator Grassley, who knows everything that's going on, folks, raised concerns about contracts the DOD had entered into with Stefan Halper, including a September 2015 contract in which Halper listed Trubnikov as a consultant and an advisor to a paper, the feds. Feds, that's you, your tax dollars, were paying Halper to write. So Halper is now admitting in a paper paid for with your taxpayer dollars through the Pentagon money, Office of Net Assessments given to Halper spying on the Trump team. Halper's already admitting paying a Russian Intel asset using your tax dollars to put together papers. I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. It's all there, folks. It's all, I mean, it's all right in front of your eyes, man. We're paying Russians with our tax dollars now to spy on presidential campaigns, do invalid warrants, while swampy, circuitous question-answering Christopher Ray is still incredibly refusing to take a bath on this. 
I would say it's completely unacceptable behavior. Get rid of this guy, please. Please get rid of this guy. Make John Ratcliffe head of the FBI. Absolute disgrace. I had to take a note, turn page. We have so much material, I had to go on the back page. <laughs> I did. I had to take a note because I I number them sometimes. I want to lose. And it was this is number four, story number four. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to sit here looking on the page for number four. All right, before I get to our final sponsor, again, we always appreciate your patience. Great sponsors. Tuesday is always a packed news day. Our friends at LifeLock, ladies and gentlemen, I had my identity stolen. If you've had your identity stolen like I had, it is an awful experience. Someone stole my identity, I kid you not, used my American Express card at the time to go out and buy a bunch of real estate classes. It took me months to clean this mess up. It is a total, complete disaster. Our friends at LifeLock will help you give, I, I give, uh, give you protection against identity theft. It's important. Every two seconds, there's a victim of identity theft. Criminal could be spending your money, applying for loans in your name, and even damage your credit. They could be doing it right now. It could be ruining the good credit you've worked your whole life to build. Unfortunately, you could miss certain threats to your identity by just checking bank statements and monitoring your credit. Good thing there's LifeLock identity theft protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to detect and alert you to a wide range of potential identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If you have an issue involving identity theft, one of LifeLock's identity restoration specialists will work to fix it. Gosh, I wish I had them back then. LifeLock wasn't around back then when it happened. I wish they were. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, you get your identity theft protection to help protect your devices against cyber threats for up to 25% off your first year. What a deal. Just go to lifelock.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. That's lifelock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Lifelock.com slash Bongino. Just quick, I just got text the other day. I had to go to Paula and I had to text her. I said, Paula, Lifelock notified me about a, a check on her credit. Is that legit? And she says, yes. And you just click verify that's you. It's gold. I mean, I loved it. Turned, I didn't know about it. Paula was opening up credit cards in my name to do stuff. She was legit, of course. Of course, I asked for a new credit card. I'm not messing. But they had to check our credit. I asked her for a new one because I wanted some frequent flyer points. But I didn't know she did it that day. Thanks to LifeLock, I found out. So thank you, LifeLock. You guys are great. Okay. Uh, I said I would get to this. So Virginia, ladies and gentlemen, has gone. Uh, I don't know what happened. Virginia, when, when I lived in Maryland, I ran for office in Maryland. Virginia was considered a sanctuary from the uh, at the time, communist policies of uh, the occupied state of Maryland. Um, now, I think people from Virginia are going to start leaving yeah. and go back to Maryland. It's gotten so bad. There are so many Democrats taking over the state. They've gone full gun confiscation. So I saw this on Twitter. This is video from the Virginia House chamber. And there are these two delegates. Now, they're they're going back. One is a really great guy, this guy, Nick uh, Fritas. Forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong. But I know he'd run for higher office. Really good guy. This delegate is concerned about Virginia going full gun confiscation. Virginia, Virginia. Again, we're not talking about New York or California, Virginia. They've gone full gun confiscation, being led by this colossal moron, this guy, Mark Levine. Not Mark Levin. He's the great one. Levine with an E at the end. This guy is a liberal kook. We played the video of him. What was it? Two weeks ago. He was the guy yeah. in the video who they asked him about an assault rifle. <laughs> he's like, it's got a pistol grip and a, a bing bing and a doong doong. And it's got this and it's black and it looks funny. And it's really, remember that? The video, the way you that's hold the it. same it's goofball. The way you hold How it, you, yeah. And you hold it like this and it goes bang bang and boom boom and it goes pop pop. And that's an assault rifle. You know, when Elmer Fudd, I got you, you silly rabbit. That was that was the same <laughs> lunatic. This guy appears on Fox sometimes. He is a, a total clown. He is, the, I mean, if there was ever a caricature of a goofball liberal who is one of, I mean, this is like the male AOC, this guy. He's so dopey. Oh. So he's asked a question about this bill to confiscate your rifles. That's what it is. There's a gun confiscation bill going on in Virginia right now. Make no mistake, that's what it is. And listen to the way he dances, like Christopher Ray, by the way. He will not answer the question when this guy, Nick Fritas, this other delegate, this Republican, good guy, asks him, okay, so you want to ban these rifles? What are you going to do with people who own these rifles now? And he will not admit that they're going to take them from you without compensation. Not that the compensation makes it any better. This, watch, listen to the way he answers this question, full sleazeball mode. Check this out. If I heard the delegate correctly, he's saying that no law-abiding citizen would be affected by this whatsoever. So no currently law-abiding citizen would have to turn in anything under this bill, or does he want to reevaluate that statement? Delegate Levine. I would answer the delegate that Virginians understand that laws change, and law-abiding Virginians follow the law. 
Delegate Freitas. Madam Speaker, speaking to the bill. Delegate Actually, Freitas. I'm sorry, Madam Speaker, one more question if the delegate will yield. Will the delegate yield? I will yield. The delegate yields. Delegate Freitas, one more question. I also notice that what we're, we're currently doing within this bill is we're going to confiscate legally acquired property or we're going to demand that it be turned in. Is there any sort of compensation that is offered to citizens as we take their property or is this a taking with no compensation? Delegate Levine. Madam Speaker, I would encourage the delegate to read the bill. There is no confiscation. Thank you. Delegate Freitas. Madam Speaker, speaking to the bill. Delegate Freitas. I see. So there's no confiscation, but if I don't turn it in, then I'm guilty of a class one misdemeanor. I'm not exactly sure what the difference is with respect to that from a legal perspective. <laughs> you know what I love about being a conservative? I'm not messing with you. We give honest answers. We give honest answers. I want school choice for my kids and your kids too. Why? Because parents are no better than the dopey government. I want to cut your taxes. Why? Because the government is a toilet bowl. Outside of our military court system and our police law enforcement function, your money gets flushed down the toilet. It's a total waste. The government has no idea what to do with it. I believe you should control your health care because I don't want some moron out there answering a phone in some deep bureaucracy determining when they get to crack my chest open and who gets to do it. I'm just saying. Honest answers all the time. That's all we do. Life. Conception and natural death. Simple answer. Liberals like Chris Ray and those never answer the question like this guy Levine. He's got a bill out there which will clearly confiscate and make illegal the rifle you have now. Clear as day. And this delegate Fritas, who does a great job, says, so wait, what are you saying? So is this a confiscation bill or not? No, no, Levine. Levine says, it's not a confiscation bill. Law-abiding Virginians will follow the law. Yeah, the law says turn it over or, we'll or you're a... You're going to be a criminal. That's what the law says. Do you notice the dance always? How do you vote for these idiots? Just be honest. Serious note. If you believe in your heart, in your soul, in your brain, that your ideas will really lead to some better tomorrow, on the margin, and why aren't you willing to just say what they are and defend them? Why the dance? If you legitimately believe that rifles legally acquired by law-abiding American citizens, no one's recommending criminals acquire them, who are but legal law-abiding patriotic Americans eager to defend either themselves or their family and want the means to do so, God forbid something were to happen. If you really believe they are a public menace and that we should go door to door and make them all criminals by confiscating the rifles and if they refuse arrest or fine them, then just say it, man. Grow a set and just say it. Why the sniveling, snake-like, cowardly, verbal judo dance every time liberals propose a policy? I want to cancel your health care for full government control. Oh, it's not going to be government. It's going to be less money on the side. You're paying now. And uh, it's like about, just answer the question. Yes, we want government to control your health care. Yes, public unions should control your kids' education. No school choice. Yes, we're going to raise your taxes to 90%. Just say it. Yes, we're going to confiscate your guns. And notice how his delegate Fritas does a damn good job trying to pin this guy down, but he's a snake. You ever try to pin a snake down? We had a black snake in my other <laughs> yeah. house that we used to live in. And they, what? Yeah, that's a good point. We actually had one in our garage in this house too. Uh -huh. Poor painter downstairs nearly killed him. <laughs> Not because it was a poisonous snake. He's actually right. painting now. Get him up here. Get him up. The poor guy almost had a heart attack. That's when he almost died of a heart Thing like, <laughs> jumped out at him. Truce to pull his lip, right? He opened the closet downstairs. <laughs> this is Levine. <laughs> They're snakes. You can't pin them down. Finally, what do you do? Grab him by the hand. Got him outside. Poor guy. Snakes, cowards, cheats, lies, liars, thieves, thieves. Oh, thieves! You can't say you're gonna. I own a rifle. You're gonna take it from me because oh oh oh. But the government said I can do it. No, you're a thief. All right? Sniveling, lying, cowards. I have zero respect for you. Zero. Zero. Oh, you can't say that. That's not civil. You, you know what I said? Take the civility, wrap it in a ball. And ram it up the trash compactor. I don't care. 
Not even a little bit. Let me show you people I care even less about who somehow have suckered these media idiots who follow me. Here's a great piece of PJ Media, again, in the show notes and totally worth your time. Folks, can we please stop with the Never Trump Republicans? Here's a piece of PJ Media by Stephen Cruiser. Uh, the morning briefing. Please let's stop calling them Never Trump Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, they are not Republicans. What happened? Why we, Most of you already know that. But what happened and why is this coming up now? There was a New York Post story, which is cited in that PJ Media piece. A bunch of emails have come out. And it turns out a bunch of these, uh, quote, never Trump Republicans, listen to this, were actively working to elect Joe Biden in New Hampshire and Iowa. Oh, come now, on. folks, call yourself never Trump. Fine. It's obvious. You will never vote for Trump. Fair label. I don't dispute that. You're not Republicans. Stop it. They're not never Trump Republicans. These are never Trump liberals or just never Trumpers. They are not Republicans. Now, why do people do that in the media? Because it gives them an air of gravitas, the dreaded DC buzz term, mm -hmm. that look, Joe, even Republicans are turning against Trump. As the peace sites mm -hmm. in PJ Media, they are not. These are gnats on the collective caboose of the Republican Party. Trump has 94% approval, historically high approval amongst Republicans, historically high, decades-long internal party approval. These, there is no movement of never-Trump Republicans worth your time. None. He's not a monarch. He's not a king. I'm not suggesting that shows like this and others shouldn't be a check on the president if we think he's doing so. I already said we got to do something about this spending. Not a huge fan of tariffs and other stuff, but you get the point. But acting like there are never Trump Republicans in some significant intra-party rift is garbage. You're just making it up. These are Democrats. They are not Republicans. The fact that they once called themselves Republicans is irrelevant. The exposed emails are from some former Ohio people who used to work for now Democrat John Kasich. Oh, he's still a registered Republican. In name only, in name right. only, former hack John Kasich. And they were actively working to elect Biden. But Joe, this is where the story is really funny. He reads to get this right. These never Trump losers were so stupid that they wanted to engage in a, a concerted effort using the phones to call what they believe to be moderate Republicans <laughs> to get them to vote in the New Hampshire primary because it's an open primary for Biden, to save Biden, because they're, they're in for Biden. They're Democrats. They're not Republicans. He's never right. Trump Republicans. They're Democrats. Unfortunately, the deadline to do that was October 25th, where they had to re-register or register yeah. as independent. The call, <laughs> the memo to do this, Joe. <laughs> Both listen to this. Listen, pay attention over there, too. The memo went out mid-November. <laughs> so these geniuses, these political geniuses, all they had to do was go to the New Hampshire website. The deadline to switch parties to vote for Biden or register was October 25th. These morons, they're sitting there. We got that cigar. Where's that cigar? Yo, okay. here we go. We got it. We got it. I have a, here. These geniuses, huh? They're sitting there. You could see them. Just like chewed on. Yeah. I can see them. They're sitting there. And they're like, hey, man, look at us. So smart. Never Trump Republicans. Consultants focus group tested. We've, we've, we've built all these never Trumpers out of their money for this focus group. I got a great idea. Let's start calling. Let's start. You got to smoke in between so it makes you look tough. Wait, wait, wait you got to throw in your glasses. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. The glasses. There you go. Throw in the shades, too. Yeah. There you go. Get glasses on. But. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's disgusting. This thing's falling apart, but it's worth it for effect. That's how much I love you. So you take a puff of your cigar. You go, I got an idea. Yeah. Joe, you got your Vito Corleone voice? I got an idea. Yeah, I got an idea. Let's Dan. call up your Vito. Listen, buddy. 
Let's call up these Republicans. Let's they could up. vote. You know, they could vote for Biden. We need to push Biden because Biden can beat Trump. But I got an idea, Joe. Oh, I'm sorry, Vito. Here's my idea. Let's send out this call in November, the middle of November. We could do maximum damage in November. It's a great. They're all sitting around there. It's a great uh, idea, Vito. Good job, buddy. You're so smart. And then because the guy in there, it's, uh, no one in the group even thinks about, hey, um, now we're not the, let's go back to the normal person. So the normal person in the group goes, hey, I'm actually crying right now. This is so funny. Um, have you checked the deadline? Yeah, the deadline to do that was October 25th. You dip wads. Double. Come on. It's a double. Come on, guy. Double Motley. Wait, here's the sound. Remember the sound guy? Uh, oh, yeah. Here, there the you go. sound guy sent us this, this dopey sound. Thank you, sound, Mr. Sound Guy. But this is for. <laughs> <laughs> this, is like, this is like a $2 sound machine from the dollar store. This is great. Though. Here, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> These are your never Trump Republicans, folks. A collection of dipwads like you've never seen before. Holy Moses. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I got jitsu today. So if I make it, if I miss tomorrow's show, God forbid, you'll know I didn't make it through my jujitsu. I'll be back. Even if it's in a sling, no matter what, at 45, you got to be careful. Uh, Coach Steve, take okay. care of me, buddy. Got cigar stuff. Killing everywhere. me. Look at it. everywhere. It's all over the place. All right, folks, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We'd really appreciate it. We're almost at 400,000 subscribers. We're at like 370 or so. I'd really like to get there. So youtube.com slash Bongino. We'd really appreciate that. It's free. Don't worry. There's no charge to you at all. You can watch our videos. Uh, for those of you who listen on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate that too. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.